Uh, the sermon for this evening is from the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. Uh, this sermon is entitled, Joyfully Lutheran, the Fifth Commandment. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, you shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. This commandment, the fifth commandment, pertains to God's gift of life. At conception, in the womb, for those who are five years old, 10 years old, 30 years old, 40, 50, 80, 90, 100. I know there's no 100 years old here. But the point is, is that every life that we have is God's gift. Because life is a gift from God and we uphold it. Because we know that God is the giver of all things. And thus, this commandment prohibits hurting and harming our neighbor but also on the positive side, guiding us to uphold life by helping and supporting our neighbors in every physical need. To love and serve, that is our call. Yet we very well know that we live in a world, darkness separated from God, full of, as we see it, you just turn on the news, full of hate, jealousy, envy, where resentment, division, and conflict run rampant, where the love of neighbor, right, has been dominated or overrun by the veil of hatred and vengeance that has blinded one another to God's call to love and serve neighbor in bodily need. Genesis 4, we see the anger. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. The Lord knew, and he warns Cain, that sin is crouching at the door. The Lord is saying, beware. Be watchful, be sober-minded. The devil is like a prowling lion ready to devour. Beginning with this anger of Cain that would erupt into a volcano-like rage. That sin was not only crouching at the door, but it entered the heart of Cain. And there, from anger to jealousy to hatred, there he proceeded to kill his brother Abel. The first murder of the Bible. A reminder that sin is indeed crouching at the door, that no one is immune. As murder, even murderous thoughts, covers the umbrella of neglect and anger and hatred and failing to love and serve our neighbor. We see it in the world today. Just turn on the TV. Crime. Violence, abuse, homicide, death, it, it's constantly around us. And yet quickly we turn off the TV and say, 
what? I'm glad I've never done that. But as President Harrison writes, at first glance, it seems we can make short shrift of this commandment and move on to the next. I'm no murderer after all. I've never danced in a ballroom before, but if it was like two dancers on the ballroom floor, it's easy to joyfully waltz past this one, as President Harrison would say, right? Check off, I haven't murdered. But in Matthew 5, hear these words, you shall not murder and whoever murders is liable to judgment. But I say to you, to you, that everyone who is angry with his brother will also be liable to judgment. The maliciousness of malice. How even the angry heart can be a murderous one. Where there in the angry heart, one is so engulfed by their anger, the barriers go up, the schisms form, the division becomes this great disease in our life where love and service to that neighbor has no place, where revenge takes root, entrenched in our own resentment, even justifying why we don't help and serve that very person. But clearly, as it reads in 1 John 3, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. In the story of Cain and Abel, it's the anger of Cain that fuels his attack in the eventual murder of his brother Abel. It is in that anger that we fail to take heed to those words as well. That we fail to help and serve and support those who are in physical need. Harrison further writes, Yet the positive side of this commandment is all the more damning. I am to help and support my neighbor in every physical need. Truth be told, I'm sluggish and need even speaking to my neighbors. I'm often so absorbed with my own woes that I fail to compassionately inquire about the well-being of others. If someone should ask me for a little money for legitimate need, I feel as though I'm being asked to give away my sacred gods and idols, masking my greed with a show of responsibility and caution. I think from reading this commandment, I think for all of us, when we see murder, we say next, right? Not me. Onward to the others, because those are challenging enough. But yet, as we pause at the fifth commandment, it's an important commandment for all of us, because it really gets to the heart of the matter as it exposes that angry heart, that sinful heart that looks after itself before the welfare of others. And we see it in our lives. I think President Harrison writes it perfectly. That, that we are sluggish in our speaking. That we don't give the time of day to those who are in need. Especially those enemies we have in our life. We avoid them. Uh, we, 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 we make sure that we don't uh, confront them. We, we, we really try to stay out of their way. Never giving them the light of opportunity. I think ultimately, this heart of ours loves the self loves ourselves rather than our neighbor, ignoring the call from God to love others before ourselves. And like Cain, we can have all the excuses of the world. 
Am I my brother's keeper? Is it my responsibility? Do I have to look out for my neighbor? Now, with an angry heart, to no surprise, he would say these things. Now, it's easy to love who you want to love, isn't it? That's the easiest thing, right? But what about your enemies? What about your enemies? Do you love them? Will you support them in every bodily need unconditionally? What about those who have betrayed you in your life? Think about that. What about those who talk behind your back? Are you the first one to jump up when that person is in need? What about those who obviously hate us in our, in our lives? Are there, is there that one person? Would you help them? What about those that we know that we very well know that person will never go out of their way to help us? Would we help them? I think the fifth commandment shows us that we should love one another unconditionally. So for all of us, this is not a moment to joyfully waltz past this one, telling ourselves on to the next. No, we stop. We dwell. And thus we confess our sin as we repent. Harrison writes in his book, I confess my joyless, petty, constant infractions against this commandment. I confess my Horrid sins. I have even seethed with hatred towards others, desiring hurt and harm. My thoughts, words, and deeds con condemn me. But this is the life of faith that we do repent. That in that life of faith, we live in front of God, and there in this faith, we seek what? We seek Christ. The Christ who loved humanity unconditionally. In Mark 1, Jesus cures the man with unclean spirits and later in Mark 1, heals the sick and the oppressed. In Mark 2, Jesus heals the paralytic. Mark 3, Jesus heals the man with a withered hand. Mark 5, Jesus heals the demon-possessed, the hemorrhaging woman and also raising Jairus' daughter. Mark 6, Jesus feeds the hungry in the feeding of the 5,000. Mark 7, Jesus has compassion on the persistent Canaanite woman that even the dogs would eat off that table. Mark 8, Jesus heals the blind man. These are not only miracles, but these are acts of love. And ultimately, these miracles that are an act of love would reach its pinnacle at the cross. Jesus loves the world unconditionally. The one who saw the enemy before his eyes and said, I will die for them. The Christ who knew of his upcoming betrayal, yet there Jesus would willingly go to his own arrest. Those that hemmed and hawed behind his back, those Pharisees who wanted to trap Jesus time and time again, trying their best to discredit who he was, their quiet murmurings, conniving plans, yet even the Lord died for them. 
Yes, all the world, the crowds, the leaders, they hated him. And did he flee from the most excruciating death? No. Did he doubt the will of God that he would be lifted high upon the tree? No. Did he ever desire to vacate the cross as the world was scoffing at his kingship? No. Knowing that the world was against him, that they wouldn't help him, did he relent from his work of this painful, bloody crucifixion? No. And even in our own sin, how much we do not deserve our Lord and his love. But this is love, that Christ takes upon the wrath of God for us on his shoulders, the most sacrificial, the most love that anyone could give to one another. We talk about supporting our bodies, right? Jesus does further than that. He supports our eternal welfare by his death upon this cross, accomplishing everything for us, even to the point where he could only say, Lema, Lema, Ile, Sabachthani, that is, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? For it is in these words that Jesus shows us that he didn't come simply to dwell with sinners, but he came to die for them. To die for you, for you, each and every one of you, to help and support you. Ultimately, that pinnacle, washing away your sins, sins you cannot wash away yourselves, Jesus does in his atoning sacrifice to be your death. That by the Lord's merits, his cross, and three days later, his resurrection, there we have received the forgiveness of sins, but also life that has no end, where death and its sting is swallowed up all by our risen Lord. This is love for you. This is the ultimate help and support that God gives to you by His grace. And thus we too by this gospel, live joyfully, Lutheran, as we live joyfully in the name of our Lord, knowing full well that by His gracious help and support, His salvation that, that has been given and delivered to us, that by His love, His crucifixion, the empty tomb, we now know how to love. We now know how to love even our enemies. Because Christ first loved us. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.